This is the Center for Strategic and International Studies Smart Women, Smart Power podcast. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me on the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast. I'm Beverly Kirk here at CSIS in Washington. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We're at Smart Women, and I'm at Beverly Kirk. My guest is the German ambassador to the United States, Emily Haber, and we're talking about U.S.-German relations. Ambassador Haber, thanks for being here. Thanks, Beverly, for having me. It's a great honor. Before we talk about the relationship, let's talk a bit about you. You're a career foreign service officer, and I understand uh, that you arrived in Washington this summer, but this is not your first time living here in the D.C. area. Is that correct? That's true, but I feel a bit uh, a bit of a fraud uh, claiming that I had previous experience uh, in the United States. Actually, I went to school here, let me think, about 50 years ago. <laughs> so uh, that's a while ago, uh-huh. but still, uh, when I returned here, it felt some a bit like a homecoming. Uh-huh. It was uh, it was thrilling really to see the town that I'd known as a little girl, uh, uh, which has completely changed, but still um, has the atmosphere of being home. What school did you go to, if you don't mind my asking? It was the German school. Uh, this was in the late sixties. It had been uh, founded barely five years pre- uh, previously, and it was a tiny school at the time. Mm-hmm. I visited it uh, again when I returned here, and I didn't recognize anything. Well, during your career, you've worked at the heart of some of the most pressing issues that we're talking about today. Uh, You were in the Federal Ministry of the Interior serving as a state secretary overseeing security and migration at the height of the refugee crisis. What was that like? I went to the Interior Ministry early 2014. And at the time, um, migration had started to increase, but only by very little. So when the migration crisis unfolded, uh, which it did uh, in spring 2015, uh, 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 reaching its height uh, in autumn 2015, it was an incredible challenge because we had to alter the way the administration functioned. We had to alter uh, the institution. We had to alter the institutional frameworks because all of them uh, were were simply not fit uh, to tackle uh, the dimension of the crisis. We had to alter the laws uh, which were not uh, able to to cope with uh, the new dimension of the crisis. And we had to do it all at the same time. That was one part of the challenge. The second part of the challenge was the international context, because we had to curb migration in a way that would not uh, uh, translate into major challenges uh, for neighboring countries or for the Western Balkan countries or for Greece, uh, which was the point of entry for most of the migrants. Uh, uh, It took us a while. But uh, at the end of the day, we managed to uh, both uh, tackle the national and the international side of the uh, migrational influx. And Germany welcomed a large number of of migrants and refugees, and that was a decision that wasn't without controversy or political implications for Chancellor Merkel. What's the situation like now? Uh, it's It's been a few years. What's it like now? Well, can I go back to the way you phrased the question? You 
you said uh, welcomed and you said uh, when the decision was taken. It seems to imply uh, that a decision at some stage was taken in order to open borders uh, and uh, receive refugees. Well, truth is uh, the borders were always open. And what the government in fact did at some stage in September 2015 uh, was require the commission to give permission uh, Uh, for border controls, which uh, it, the Commission uh, duly gave. So it's not as if a decision was taken to allow refugees uh, in, um, because they came in for three reasons, basically. The first one, they left their countries because they had good reasons to leave their countries, reasons that would entitle them to uh, protection or reasons which were good but would not entitle them uh, to asylum. They went to certain uh, countries of uh, destination, if you like, because they expected conditions for them would be better in those countries. And the third reason is they came because it was possible to. So if we wanted to curb migration in order to make it, uh, um, to, make, to facilitate uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, the handling of the crisis, uh, we would have to tackle all three reasons. Mm -hmm. The reasons why they left the country, the reasons that uh, would imply, rightly or wrongly, incentives uh, to go to certain countries of destination, even if they were not entitled to receive asylum there. And we had to uh, tackle uh, the uh, external border protection mm -hmm. issue, all three of them. Mm -hmm. and, and we did, but it was interlinked. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, just to uh, sort of correct the impression, someone having taken a decision uh, to make refugees come. It was not like that. Oh, that wasn't the intent of my question. No, but I, I had to correct it because it, 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 there's the narrative out there and the reality was much more complex. Um, by now, uh, the uh, uh, numbers have considerably dropped uh, because we tackled uh, the three issues. Mm -hmm. We tackled uh, the, um, uh, the issue of uh, uh, why do people leave countries? Right. Uh, how can we uh, improve uh, uh, the situation in countries of, uh, of uh, origin or in countries of uh, transit? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we tackled the issue, do we have uh, misleading incentives? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and we tackled the issue of external uh, border protection. So mm -hmm. all in all, uh, uh, yes, uh, we handled the migration crisis uh, and numbers are considerably down, but mm -hmm. it's an ongoing challenge. Mm -hmm. And you also tackled the issue of making sure that people who come are integrated into German society. Can you talk about how that's working? That's a major challenge, too. And I often hear uh, when I discuss migration and that people... Uh, equate um, integration with integration in the labor market or uh, speaking the language. Mm -hmm. Both are important uh, indicators uh, of integration, uh, but by far not uh, the only ones. And sometimes uh, high integration in the labor market uh, or the mastery of the uh, language mm -hmm. uh, can be quite misleading. You can look at a number of European countries uh, where you will find uh, that migrants uh, both speak the language and are integrated in the language Uh, labor market, uh, but are in maximum uh, opposition against the, if you want, uh, culture of the country mm -hmm. uh, or the political uh, um, system of the country. Mm -hmm. So um, integration goes far beyond language, goes far beyond uh, labor market. It includes culture. It includes the, um, let me call it the 
a key of any society, how you treat women, right. that you tolerate other religions, that you accept uh, the uh, role of history uh, mm -hmm. and the implications of history uh, for the standing of the country uh, in the international context, uh, how you deal with uh, a functioning administration, uh, how you see uh, the state and what it expects. So that's, uh, these are unwritten rules uh, of the way we interact in a society. Uh, and that's what uh, migrants will have to integrate uh, into as well. And that's not something that only a state on all its level, uh, uh, on all the Uh, uh, levels of uh, of a state can do that is mm -hmm. the na the federal state uh, the uh, um, uh, the uh, national state mm -hmm. uh, the districts the cities etc it goes mm -hmm. far beyond that it includes civil society mm -hmm. it includes the churches uh, it includes uh, neighbors mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. includes neighborhood environments uh, we are all uh, challenged and it's a task uh, That includes uh, all, um, all and sundry. I want to ask you about an area that you're also an expert in, and that's uh, Russia and the former Soviet Union. You worked in Moscow at the German embassy there. Um, what are your thoughts on Russia's actions in, in Crimea? Is this a test for Germany and the West and, and the allied partners? Well, um, my country and yours are completely aligned in saying mm -hmm. uh, the annexation of uh, Crimea uh, was illegal and we do not uh, recognize it, full stop. Uh, um, uh, with regard to the events of the past weekend, my government has, make, has made it un abundantly clear uh, that there was no legal basis uh, for what uh, happened. And even if there had been a legal basis, uh, the actions went far uh, 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 beyond anything uh, that was uh, um, uh, proportionate. But it's it was illegal, and I think we should be clear uh, and outspoken uh, in, uh, in the way we phrase it and in the way we reacted, both our countries and we did. It seems like Russia is an expert at what I think some might term the gray zone tactics, you know, the actions that they try to influence elections or they use social media to try to foment societal uh, divisions. Uh, what should Western countries be doing uh, to try to counter these efforts? Do you have any insights on what can be done since you've lived in Russia, you have the experience uh, of the people there uh, and the government there? Um, you know, what should, what should the West be doing? I lived uh, in uh, Russia and in the Soviet, uh, Soviet Union before that, uh, during a time that was long before uh, the media mm -hmm. environment uh, uh, had become a digital uh, media environment. So what, in fact, we see today, uh, I'm saying this only because it's the context, uh, mm -hmm. is that we we don't live it. Uh, in a world anymore where we have a number of papers that we would read in the morning and uh, uh, two or three or ten television stations uh, that we would be watching. We, le uh, we live in a world uh, where everyone can be a media actor mm -hmm. and that uh, um, can imply uh, um, a multitude of, uh, well, it's... Uh, 
media actors have been mushrooming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the digital uh, by dint of the uh, digital world, uh, which also means they can be leveraged. Uh, I think we need to be aware of that uh, because it's a tool for the fragmentation uh, in uh, in Western societies. What we can do uh, um, against that is. Um, be aware of the uh, role of democratic and responsible media. Um, um, Identify uh, and um, call out whenever you see the misuse uh, uh, of uh, um, uh, uh, automated opinions, social bots uh, that are destined to derail opinion-making processes in our society uh, with the express intent or the uh, uh, concludent uh, intent uh, of a foreign power, mm-hmm. uh, make the intent uh, of whatever foreign power or foreign actor uh, be visible, mm-hmm. make that the story and not the alleged content uh, that is designed to uh, uh, to play a role or have a clout uh, mm-hmm. in, in our um, uh, in our democracies, uh, what we see in our day is uh, that opinion-making processes uh, are targeted, uh, and if they are being targeted, it's the critical infrastructure of our democracy that is being targeted. Mm-hmm. Let's make that the story. And we all have to be very aware of what's going on so that we recognize it. Yes, but do realize uh, propaganda has been uh, a, a tool that has been weaponized at all times. We only see more of it, uh, but in substance, it's not something entirely new. You're listening to the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast. I'm Beverly Kirk. We're talking about U.S.-German relations with Ambassador Emily Haber. Follow us on Twitter at Smart Women. I'm at Beverly Kirk, and the ambassador is at German AMB USA. And you are very active on Twitter. I follow you, and I know that you've been, <laughs> you've been traveling around the the U.S. a lot since you arrived here back in the in the summer. And I want to I want to turn to that uh, to that conversation. Um, there was a recent study out uh, that uh, uh, it's from Pew and from a German foundation, Korber Foundation, that shows that about seventy percent of Americans think the relationship between the U.S. and Germany is good, and then about seventy percent of Germans think the relationship with the U.S. is not so good. What do you make of that? And as I alluded to, you've been traveling around the U.S. What are Americans telling you when you go and talk to them? When I saw uh, the polls, it occurred to me uh, that on the German side, uh, they seem to have used a sort of microscope when looking uh, at the bilateral relationship. The microscope looking at different issues mm-hmm. that are center stage right now uh, and uh, that epitomize differences that we have as all partners will have. Uh, so if they loom large, people may come to the conclusion uh, that, well, we do have problems in the bilateral uh, relations. Whereas the American audience seem uh, seems to have used a wide lens, mm-hmm. looking at the architecture of the bilateral relationship mm-hmm. that is the number of exchanges between schools and uh, universities, uh, at the uh, number of jobs that German investors uh, Mm -hmm. 
uh, have uh, set up in the United uh, States over se- uh, about 700,000, by say, the way. I was going to say, it's a pretty large number. It's a large number. They were looking at uh, the number of GIs that had lived in Germany uh, over seven, 17 million up to now. There 35,000 uh, GIs uh, in Germany right now, albeit down uh, from uh, 250,000 uh, uh, back uh, uh, 20 years. Uh, they were looking at the number of city uh, uh, partnerships. So you see that's a very, very intense uh, uh, fabric. And I haven't even mentioned uh, uh, the Americans that uh, claim German uh, heritage. I, if I travel in the country, so many tell me, well, by the way, I have German ancestors. I think it's the single most uh, uh, individual, uh, single largest individual group uh, in in the United States. And I've read that that's the case. So uh, that fabric is is intense. Uh, and if you look at the fabric, uh, the number of issues where we disagree is completely irrelevant mm-hmm. because it will remain whatever we disagree on. Mm-hmm. So I believe uh, um, the German audience and the American audience have simply looked uh, um, um, through very different lenses uh, when assessing the relationship. And what have you found on other on, on your travels uh, around the U.S.? Uh, People are excited to to meet you and uh, learn about the work that uh, Germany is doing in the U.S.? I found um, uh, intense interest. Even uh, in those states that I visited, I haven't visited so many states in all fairness, uh, um, that uh, are very far away. But uh, people are aware of Germany, uh, they're uh, aware of German uh, um, uh, economy of a German capacity for innovation, for technology, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's present, true. We are in the midst uh, of uh, organizing a, um, a, cult- a cultural uh, initiative uh, that uh, um, my minister has kicked off on our national holiday on 3rd of October, uh, which includes uh, events, uh, um, organization, workshops, uh, uh, town hall meetings uh, or simply parties uh, across the United States in all 50 states uh, where we are trying to reach out uh, mm-hmm. to Americans, to those who had contacts uh, with my country and to those who simply take interest. Uh, it's um, it's a step to intensify or to make even um, uh, to make stronger uh, the fabric that I mentioned before and that seems to be as the polls you've uh, quoted uh, indicate, uh, so so important to the American audience. And and that uh, that year-long effort is called uh, Wunderbar Together. It's called Wunderbar Together, uh, uh, which is uh, supposed to epitomize uh, the intensity uh, of our bilateral relationship. And talk about some of the events. You mentioned that there are events in, in each of the 50 states. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what uh, what you're hoping to see happen with these events? It's more of the friendship, more of the cultural exchanges? Um, the cultural exchange, uh, exchanges are one of the, uh, the instruments or tools. Uh, our intention is uh, to learn more, mm-hmm. to understand where we think alike, to understand where we might have different vantage points Mm -hmm. and why that is the case, Mm -hmm. Uh, to listen, uh, to explain uh, where we come from, and to make sure that at the end of this year, uh, both of us uh, um, have learned about one another, because that's 
frankly, uh, the, uh, at the uh, core of any mm-hmm. relationship. Um, I, I could quote a number of the programs we have. We have online programs uh, where we will uh, uh, help Americans understand where their families came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what Genealogy nas- is yeah. big these days. Yes, exactly, and where their national biographies uh, are rooted. The programs uh, where young people uh, will discuss uh, on uh, 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 from both countries will discuss uh, the future of the uh, cities. Um, uh, young people from the industrial. Uh, 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 from industrial uh, uh, sites in the uh, United States and young people from the Ruhrgebiet who will discuss what towns will look like Mm in uh, 20, 30, 50 years and what will be the new challenges. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, There will be town hall meetings where we'll discuss uh, uh, topical issues uh, of the day. Uh, There will be huge concerts, uh, like one of the concerts that we're planning for October next year, where the Boston uh, Symphonic Orchestra uh, and the Leipziger Gewandhaut Orchestra will have a huge concert uh, celebrating uh, not only the end of the Deutschlandjahr, but also the uh, 30th anniversary of the fall of Mm -hmm. the wall. So it includes the entirety mm-hmm. of uh, um, cultural and political bond and economic uh, bonds that uh, both countries uh, are linked by. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds very exciting, and I hope to participate in some of those I events. I do hope you will. <laughs> uh, Ambassador Haber, thank you so much for being with us here on the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast. Beverly, thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us. Remember to follow us on Twitter. We're at Smart Women. I'm at Beverly Kirk. And follow Ambassador Haber at German AMB USA. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. For more information, go to CSIS.org and subscribe to our podcasts.